Welcome to Raise Your Diamond Podcast with Professor David Reeves and George Grigel. Goodness, I'm Come here on, with man. Professor George Grigel. <laughs> no, let me start. No, the legend. Double cut, 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 champion, 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 absolute champ. I don't see him. I teach classes and then my brother Dave call him bro man. Starts him as bros if he's bro man. My bro man calls me like every Friday to see how he's feeling about whatever city he's in in the US or maybe in Paris or in Europe competing the next day, collecting gold medals. And uh, I'm GIMP and I'm retired, so I teach class for our next generation to win medals. He's still competing. So his job is to compete now. I'm so happy. And run the whole entire business operation behind. He does everything. I just teach classes, man. I'm just a singer. So this is George <laughs> Rigel. Uh, he uh, came from Fortaleza, uh, Brazil. Um, he came over to get an education um, here in the, U- in the U.S. Um, he uh, found his calling in fighting, um, following his uh, heart for jiu-jitsu taught classes, random here and there, waited tables, uh, went to college here, finished high school here, went to college here, um, has worked his life um, dedicated to jiu-jitsu, dedicated to fighting, uh, fought 10 years for Zufa, um, fought um, across the world. Um, he's got some of the most legendary fights. Um, you know, I listened to Joe Rogan talk about him. He's got some of the most legendary fights in history. And you know why legendary? Uh, well, George, uh, even though Early on in his professional career, his fights were all won by submission. When uh, he started fighting in the larger fights, decided that he wanted to fight the way he wanted to, not the way his coaches told him to. Um, so he fought to go out on his shield on every fight. Win, lose, or draw, somebody was getting punched in the face. And uh, he made a career doing that. Ten years of yeah, just unintentionally, unintentionally. Ten years. Uh, this is my bio for you. Sorry. This is not bio for you. I just want everybody to know that I didn't do it for the fans. No, he did it for himself. Like yeah. I said, he he fought the way he wanted to fight. Yeah. And he punched people in the mouth. Listening to Rogan talk about it, <laughs> he'll tell you that. Like some of the most entertaining fights, even yeah. today, um, I'll get people asking me about the Sakuraba fight um, and why uh, George traded wanted to trade leg locks. Eminari, I'm sorry. Why he wanted to trade Eminari rolls with Eminari. They were just called rolls back then. It wasn't called Eminari rolls. So so listen, George didn't give two shits about what Eminari came to the table with. Um, He was there to whoop his ass, and that's what he wanted, was to whoop his ass. He's built a career doing that. Now he's given back. He's been given back for multiple years, but um, his primary focus now since he stopped fighting, retired from fighting, is he's working as a commentator for the UFC. Um, He's uh, worked in and many, many of the camps, like with uh, Oliveira, um, most recently, and he's uh, uh, the Lemos, all the all the Brazilian guys that translate for the UFC now for Spanish. Now Omar Morales, all the tra- talents coming from Mexico, Ayi um, Rodriguez. So I do the Spanish and the and the Portuguese interpreting now. Going to London Monday to do the uh, the Usman Leon Edwards rematch, the third the third match. Yeah, so going to London to do the, the interpreting for the UFC. So he's still involved with UFC, so I got together. The best part about going, honestly, I tell Dave, is just to be able to still be able to pick up the brains, pick up the head, always pick up the thoughts of the, the, the top-of-the-line coaches. Henry Roof is there. Pahompin is there. So all the top coaches, Mark DeLaGrade is there. Uh, Greg Jackson's still going there. Everybody's there all the time. So when we're together, I just get together with the coaches, and I just validate my techniques. I just brainstorm, ask so many questions. Charles Oliveira, George Macaco, they all... Friends, it became, you know, friends are just a community of coaches that they were there together. I barge in, they know that I've been there for so long and I just soak it up all the techniques that I can, as much as I can and come back and try to pass along to my students the best way I can. It's a win-win situation. I love to be there because I feel like I'm still involved with the sport. I have the best seat in the house. I get to translate and it's my college degrees in English. 
simultaneous translation interpreting and at the same time I stay really really crisp and I say really up to date with the techniques, stand up and on the ground. The latest techniques they're using when they're brainstorming, breaking down techniques, I'm right there. I don't go party, I stay in my hotel room to study, I work out and I go over, you know, uh, Gilbert Ivo, all those guys are there still. All these other guys, the old school guys are there. So for me, it's always a reunion to come back there and uh, discuss techniques, learn a bunch of stuff, pick up what's good, come back and teach our students the best technique we can teach. Bro. I stay refreshed. Oh, come on, man. Of course, just engaging in high I mean, that's the cool. I want to I wanna watch them more than the, the main event. So it's a stacked card uh, with good fights. A lot of good fighters people don't know, but that's how it's coming right now. You know, a lot of from the Middle East, a lot of good striking, a lot of good strikers, but the Gaethje fight in Rafael Fazib is the one that interests me the most. Honestly speaking, when I'm there, I, I'm working. So when I'm there, is the headphone here, the Portuguese, the button for speaking, the button for coffee, switching to Spanish and Portuguese and English. Maybe take a tea break, go to the restroom. I don't, I don't even have time sometimes to enjoy as much. I just want to make sure that my job is done well. Because I, I hate doing predictions, you know. I, even if you think somebody you're going to go against somebody you like, you're going to hurt somebody's feelings here, they're going to come somebody there, so you yeah, can go. Even, even interpreting. Yeah. Um, you hurt somebody's feelings. Even interpreting, yes. You know, you lean the wrong direction, left or right. So I know he's always going to be cautious of giving predictions because it's going to look biased if he's aiming left or right. I'm just curious what you think about the, the Usman fight. I think Usman's going to maul him. Okay, that was go again. George. That was the one I wanted. That's the one I wanted to ask. <laughs> I think he's not going to play around this time at all. Um, you know, he was winning the entire fight. Is what everybody says, and I tell my students, and we tell our students, Jay, those, it takes that split second of like a focus. You gotta say dialed in, dialed in, until somebody pulls you off, or the referee gets in between, and I made a mistake. I was the one that before I heard the round in one of my fights, ping, and I was like, okay. And that little man, I'm just, I got hit like I've never been hit before. KJ Nunes, yes, yeah. it was after the bell. Yeah, man. And uh, I remember the bell went ping, and my mind just went, I went, okay. Yeah, watch that. Okay, uh, boom. For some reason, that fight came up um, yeah. in my feeds the other day, and I, I rewatched that fight. And we see, we hear the bell, and we hear the strike, and we hear the entire crowd um, booing afterwards. So I know the only reason I know that was after the bell because I remember hearing the bell, and after the bell, all I remember hearing is boom, and I remember going to the locker room, and Rich is there, and everybody goes, "I can't believe the first thing I say to all my students always is, you never take your eyes off the opponent ever." Not in practice, not in sparring, not ever. It's dialed in until the fight's over. And I did that. And I, that cost me. So, no. Just dialed in the entire time until they're over. That's what happened to Usman and Edwards. Usman just took off. He took the foot off the gas for that five seconds. It took five seconds he wasn't pressing forward. He backed out. Then the five seconds that he backed off, as all Leon had to delay. But all his short, the kicks were coming short. All his head kicks were coming really short. It's right here. Usman took the, the foot off the, the gas for about five seconds and stopped. The little five seconds of, of, of negligence is all it took to lay on the so perfect you say, spot. You say he mauls him, so... I think it's going to come... Yeah, it's a wrestling match the whole time? Uh, I think he's going he's gonna to okay. press him again. He's not going to take chances too much striking. He's not going to kick. What's he's going to box. What's huh? that title back? Oh, he's going to get a title back. Yeah, that's what he wants. But that's what everybody wants, right? Like, that's, I say, you well, still say, if Leon Edwards comes back with another head kick and does it again... Who would, who would be surprised? Be... So you run that you run that risk or that battle of um, all right. So if you're popular in the UFC, why are you popular? Like you got guys that are popular because they, they can't fight or they, they can fight, but they're not 
the best fighter. They have a good gimmick. Yeah, and, and they're, they're po temporarily popular. Well, yeah. the Sean O'Malley's, they can fight too. The guys they have a what's little this, bit. What's that wrestler? Um, uh, CM Punk. So like some, that's not a fighter. You got yeah, but I mean the dude ends up on a, a main card. Yeah, a main side on the UFC. Why he did it twice? Yeah, there, there was also we invited James Stoney, did we not? Yeah, James Stoney versus Randy Couture. Uh huh. There was a boxer. There was experiments that you do. There's a pro wrestler that came, not Brock Lesnar, another pro wrestler. CM Punk well, tried to. The UFC is a business, right? So they're going to put people in the cage that sell tickets, that sell pay per views, right? So you, I don't blame them. It's a matter of you get some of these guys in, and they lose the. They'll be in on active side of the cards and they'll lose popularity because they fight to win the fight. They don't fight to entertain the fans. When do you do that? I ask you this, then, since you're talking, I know who's listening. When do you stop fighting? Because you see, I'm going to use an example. Daniel Rodriguez, if you remember, he's yeah. coming in from this camp. He's coming in fighting a lot of the Apex. Since COVID, these last two years at the Apex, I've been there a lot. There's a lot of new guys that came in to build a career, eight, seven fights, only the Apex. They only now finally go into the big shows in Denver, in like whatever it is in New York and see these big arenas. And I go, and I keep seeing on the Apex, there's always two or three debuts. And I don't want to say the word problem, but I don't want to cause any, any confrontational conflict. But if every single UFC card, there's two or three now making UFC debut, yeah. how are you going to build the others that just want a fight or two or a two? There's so many people on the card. Well, they're so on, on the roster. So many people on the roster. The half of the losers of each card are let go. So look at the look at the influx of really good fighters from uh, Russia. Yeah. Right. All right. So Khabib's got huge camp. Runs his runs his camp um, like a militant camp. Like you are following the rules or you're out of the camp. All of those fighters are successful. They're all good. He doesn't have a single bad performer. But they're boring fighters, right? They're boring fighters. They, for us, they're not. So it's, it's hard to say. I'm talking about for the fans. For me, I enjoy watching some of the wrestling transitions into jiu-jitsu, like what it looks like. But they're boring to the fans. They're effective. So they are because they want to win the fight. They're there they're to effective. win the fight. They're not there to win the fan. Here, before I interrupt you for one second, when you fight, you see people coming to fight in the UFC and everybody else coming in with fire. Yep. And then they win two or three matches. Then when do they start fighting not to lose? And it's very noticeable nowadays. Yes. They build a momentum when the UFC goes, man, so you're three in a row, you're close to a main card. You're three in a row, you win this fight, you got a bonus here, you're close to being a main card, you're cracking the top 10. That's when more sponsors, more more opportunities come, even for commercials, for endorsements, for a better contract and salary. The offers are so, and then you have all your eggs in one basket. I think. And then you're going to go, now I have this offer here in front of me. I can't lose this fight. I'm, if I win this fight, I'm going to sign this eight fight or four fight deal. Usually, it's a four fight, unless you're a special five fight deal, four fight deal. I must win. I must win means I cannot lose. Right. So you fight different. You fight with caution. You are bending your instincts. I never have done that, which cost me. I wish I did. You are bending your instincts to fight a certain way to guarantee something, and usually backfires. Right. Well, I mean, look at all right. So, what did Conor McGregor teach us? First off, I, I like. The, the style, I like what Conor McGregor did for fighters. And I, I don't like think it. everybody understands what he actually did for fighters. Like, he raised the, the bar on money. He raised how it works, right? And he, he taught these young kids, some, whether you, you like him or not, doesn't matter. He did something for everybody. But he also showed that you didn't have to have a lick of ground game to be at the top performers in the UFC. Not a lick of a ground game. He showed that 
But he can stay at the top. But he was exciting. Yeah. And we watched it because he had knockout power in both hands. Yeah. And he entertained. He brought people into MMA that would never step foot in MMA, that would never come out of boxing. Do you know what I think so too, Brother Dave? What he did it was entice so much everybody to stand up with him. It was so good. Yeah, man. They even the old him, but all those guys they're supposed to take him to the ground wanted to actually stand up with him and test yeah, him. Like, man. Because the mind games, that's what Henry Sohood is great at. He goes, you have to go with mind games. And I, I'm, I'm personally, I don't like that. I'm respectful. Fight, always be respectful. And he goes, you have to use everything you can. Conor McGregor is the biggest trash talk. Henry Sohood came with his snake and all that stuff. And he's very polite, he's very educated, very educated, speaks all the languages, very, very intelligent man. And I tried to research why Henry Sohood was going to after these mental games. And I found an interview that explained perfectly. He said, listen, if you think because of your morals, you're too polite not to go, hey, man, hey, I'll see you on the octagon. I'm going to work you over. Send a tweet, send a tweet. If you don't think that's going to help your game, then you're not sacrificing fully for your dreams. You may not want to sacrifice for you, but for your dream, if that's your dream, you got to go all the way. Yeah, man. So if you want to sacrifice for your dream, you got to go all the way. Use all the tools you have. Mental game is extremely important. Look what McGregor did. Look what I did. To, T to TJ. Now, TJ is training with him. Uh, Demetrius Johnson is training with him. The people that he's beat before came back and trains with him because he sees and he shows literally by using all the tools possible helps him be victorious. Even the trash talk, which I can even not do. I cannot, won't be able to do it. But he says, if you are not willing to do the trash talk, you are standing in your way of your own dreams. Well, I mean, How bad do you really want it? So, you know? looking at what... Like Nate Diaz. All right, so I'm a I'm a huge Nate Diaz fan. All right, so why am I a Nate Diaz fan? You know, I was thinking about that. Um, you know, when when Nick was coming back to fight, I was like, man, like why am I such a Diaz fan? Well, they fight the way they want to fight. They talk the way they want to talk. Um, they don't let any, and it's cost them. It's cost them millions of dollars in the UFC. It's cost them sponsorships. But they can look at themselves in the mirror and stay the man that they said they were going to be. So there's a fine line in that. Like, they could have made sacrifices and made Conor McGregor Gregor money. And they're good. They're talented. I mean, look at some of the fights that they both had to keep it up. Like, to keep them standing. What was the fight that Nick had? What's uh, the what's the kaboom hand guy from Bellator? Paul Daly. Yeah, uh, Paul Daly. Paul Daly. Right. So Paul, Paul Daly, Daly knocks him out, wakes him up. Comes and, back and knocks and him Nick out. Knocks him, he fought the way he wanted to fight. Look at, look at Nate beating the shit out of McGregor. Yeah, like look at that fight and fought the way they wanted to fight. But that's a fight. There's the two guys that don't ever sacrifice their dignity, right? Because money doesn't mean anything. But they sacrifice money. They said money doesn't mean right. anything, so they'll never sacrifice their dignity. Now, ever. Now you got guys on the it's amateur the ranks. Loved. Oh, here we now go. you got guys on the amateur ranks thinking that what McGregor that all they have to they don't have to be talented that all they have to do is talk like McGregor. Like there was a fight that just happened um, oh, yeah. in, in Ohio um, a couple weekends ago. And it was, all right, so it's two undefeated fighters getting ready to go against each other. One one undefeated fighter is five and oh, and it's five knockouts, first round, first minute. Uh, all of them are under like two minutes, all knockouts, right? Left hand, right hand. He's a life, he's a life. Just an animal striker, right? And then one is uh, like six and oh, and he's like a high level wrestler. Mm -hmm. Okay. Growled so, it out. Man, the high-level wrestler talks smack, though, the whole time getting ready for the fight, on the internet, going up. These are amateur fighters now. Like, all everything you could think of, everything from bitch to pussy to all, these are two undefeated fighters, so there's no bitch in between either one of them. So I'm not even sure where that comes from. But talking crap the whole way through, then get to the weigh-ins, talking crap at the weigh-ins, get in the cage, talking crap in the cage. 
and then doesn't throw a punch oh, in the fight. I couldn't finish this story. Let me tell you something. How many didn't, times have we seen that? Didn't throw a punch. Like, all of a sudden, who became... Now, here's the problem. Great job selling the fight. Now, you're going to go pro, and you have to sell that. But you have to sell it in the performance, too. So now you did all that Conor McGregor shit pre-fight, but then you don't sell that shit in the cage, and it falls short of what you think it did. Now you get in there, you run your freaking mouth, you get in there, and you lay on a dude, and you win a, a decision... A split, or I don't remember what it was. I got to go back and watch that video, but I think it was a split. Yeah. But this is going to be the Conor McGregor syndrome that we're going to see in amateur fighters. We see already. If you watch amateur, we see already so much talk. We go to amateur shows, and, and like I said, I never want to be disrespectful. I'm getting older, whatever. But amateur shows are a joke. I go to the amateur shows, and you guys are walking in there. I'm in the UFC almost every week, and I've been to hundreds of them. And to see this, whatever we had in Kentucky, you know, Kentucky, only shows here. The one with the and every cape is walking out. <laughs> and these fighters, you're, am you're amateur. I'm like, come on, guys, you're amateurs. Like, you're not prize fighters. I was a prize fighter for 12 years. Like, know your place. And you're walking around, chest up high, blessed in music. No respect for the other camp or team or where the food is or who's fighting next. If they come losing a fight, they come to the locker room throwing stuff around, cussing, not even caring somebody else is preparing for a fight or there's a camp that hasn't fought yet. There's no, that's why I just can't stand being around it anymore. Like I stay close to my yeah. Thai fighters, which is the sport still so traditional, to jiu-jitsu competitions where there's still some respect and some dignity and, and, uh, and really kind of being polite between schools and enemies and competitors. Yeah, but these amateur, yeah, it's, it's the order of Bushido, the they, code of Bushido. Yeah. So, Nowadays, going to the MMA, amateur MMA fight, he knows not to invite me. Well, I won't I mean, go. I don't want to go. This is where the split comes from old to new guard. Right? <laughs> I don't want to come. So, like, I hear all the time that that's an old way of thinking, right? And, you know, the new way of thinking is, you know, raise the kids, the flick the cameras off and act like assholes. And that... That's where we get into a problem, right? Like we're this generation that we're raising right now, we're teaching them to not respect authority, rules, um, each other. And when you don't have respect, then that that multiplies. Plus you're teaching, like let, let's talk about combat sports. You're teaching people to hurt other people. If they don't have respect, then you're actually just putting a, a freaking round in a gun and loading it for an asshole. Like you gotta, you gotta have ownership in this. And like as a martial arts instructor, we need to teach these folks not to act like assholes. Our like, job is to teach discipline, right? Through strong leadership. We talk to Kevin all the time. Old, old, old guard versus yes. new guard, though. Yes. The argument is yes. like we're going out. You're talking about um, when we started. You were talking about all the coaches you run into, like the Mark Delgatti, like all of these folks that are part of old guard of thinking. So new guard of thinking is, oh no, you know, fuck respect. Just get out, talk a little shit. You're going to make money. That's not true though. It's just not true. Like it's short lived because, hey, guess what? You also have to win a fight. Yes. And because you're an asshole doesn't make you a good fighter. And I've seen how many talented people have walked in our doors yes. that have never, that could have, should have, would have, but never did because they were talented, but only to what they wanted to work on yes. and never got better. And then the fucking cage door opens it shuts behind them. You know what else shuts behind the door? Your fucking mouth. Yeah. Now you got to put an ass underneath of you and you better have game plan. You better put yourself in spots that you didn't want to be in instead of bragging about how wonderful you are. The fight itself didn't change. The antics, the um, celebrations at the end, uh, what's the Michael Venom Page's celebrations have changed the dynamic of everything. Well, he, he, but when he, he got does. tested on his chin, what happened? Yes. You're saying what has been happening forever. 
These guys talk, people like to do nowadays. I have examples, personal examples from our team. A team of world champions I've had here, created for the last 20 years, 15 years. People that love to do what they want to do. So I always tell the fighters, you always say, when you start coming to our practices and dancing to the beat of your own drum, you don't need to be here. You don't need to show up late or come here with a partner and then go to the court and do what you think you want to do. Oh, always in the bags. Like you, if you only do what you like to do, you have to do shit you hate to do so you can accomplish things people only dream of. You gotta hate to do stuff until you start to love doing what the thing that you started to hate six months ago. That's how I was, that's how you were in your military background so you know that better than I do. You did shit you hated to so you can become good at it. You didn't have an option. Those are court orders. Right. And what I tell, what do you feed your guys? What do you feed your guys? I feed my guys discipline because I was a workhorse. So now, I I, even though I paid my coaches, I did exactly what I was told, how I was told. I was the first one on the, mat, on, the, on the mats, the last one out. I was a product of their creation. I was paying them to do so. I think it's jump how high. I think it's lazy. Sorry to interrupt. I, I think it's lazy coaching. And let me tell you why. Our generation right now, we all came up the same. We all came up the same. If you've got a black belt tied around your fucking waist right now, you came up the same. I'm not, I'm not talking about the ones now where you're you're online for half your career. Yeah, I'm talking about age-wise, old if school. you've got a second degree or third degree sitting on your belt, you came up old school. Somewhere along the line, when you strap that black belt on your ass, you become lazy. And you, you don't want to hold people accountable anymore. You don't want to hold them to a standard. It's easier... It's kind of like a bad parenting. It's easier to let the kid do whatever the hell they want than bro it is man, to step in front. Boom, it happens before they get a black belt. Well, but I'm saying yes. they, they know better. Yes. That's what I'm getting at. And then you get you get freaking people. Your your student, your fighter, like acts how the coach does. If if your fighter leaves a like let's say your fighter leaves a, a camp. Yeah, I don't want to, I'm not gonna be with you. I'm gonna go over here. Trust me when I say that fighter will leave you too. Mm. Trust me when I say that fighter will do whatever selfish thing they need to do, which is, I mean, look how many people we, you know, like had well, to- What happens to all of them? What happens to everybody at the end tries to come back where? Yeah, no, they don't come, come back, back home. We, but know. they try to come home, Yeah, but they? we don't, like, it, it, the, the smart thing to do is, listen, man, I'd rather have an army of three than an army of 30 that have no self-dignity. Yeah. Self-respect. Accountability. Yes. It's skin of the game. I'm skin of the game. Yeah, man. You like know, this... there's a thing I learned this, and that wasn't long ago, and I'm old. I might try to have four quarters and 100 pennies. Yeah, man. 100%. I might try to have four quarters and 100 pennies. I used to have 16 affiliate schools. Now I have five. Yep. Not... I, they used to pay me a certain amount of money a year. I cut everybody off. I don't want that stress of people not representing my name properly. I already have 10 people long after I'm gone winning fights with my JG Diamond, our Diamond together, winning fights, still operating somewhere, be successful under my standards that I give up my life to do so. Then have all these people, like this mass is just deluded. Whatever I do that the tap out had back in the day. Everybody. No, I don't want that. Everybody wants to pretend. And it, it happens in the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu community too. Everybody wants to pretend that that fighter is gonna be different for them. And you've got a bunch of fly-by-nights that try to gain fame and and more so credibility because they've never done, never will. So because they can't stand on themselves and they won't allow themselves out there to fail, which another, I'm gonna go back to that black belt thing again. Some of these dudes tie this black belt on and that ends everything because now they're scared to get um, uh, exposed. Yeah. They don't want to be exposed. They don't want to lose. And keep in mind, if your students don't like you because you lost a match, 
man, you you were bad before then. Like yeah. you somehow failed before yes. then, right? You and I yes. talk about that all the time. But listen, yes. man, like you strap this freaking belt on and you get lazy. You get lazy. You let people run the freaking show. And then what you end up creating, you have a part in this world where you can actually help make it better. Like a little bit with whatever audience you have. You're five people. You might make a little bit of a difference or you have a chance to feed that ego and that ugliness and you leave that fighter in worse shape than you got them. What do you mean? So everybody knows. Lazy. It's not lazy with your own technique once to become a black belt. It's lazy teaching the new generation that needs yeah. to be thought. I always teach my our students, you're animals, you're pit bulls, you gotta be fed dog food. I cannot feed cat food to a bunch of pit bulls. It won't work, they won't feed the same. So what we say lazy is these black belts, they have all, all over local, a lot local here too, that got a black belt, come in, stroll through the match, have their cell phone in their hands, lean around the mat. Show, because they just have a black belt, their job is to teach, they teach the position so, I don't even wanna watch because it's so relaxed and so there's no purpose or intention to it that everybody that's learning after that is learning wrong. Everybody listens to this, you can learn how to suck too. If you don't know any better, if you know something, if the highest person, if the highest the black belt is all you know, that's gospel to you, you can really learn how to be really bad. Yeah, so man. if you spend a hundred times doing a repetition with the wrong, wrong you don't know because somebody just doesn't care to teach you better, you spend not only an hour and a hundred repetitions doing something wrong, you can learn how to suck. Dude, Look I'm, for good information. And these people get lazy. I don't care if they get lazy at the black belts because they're retired. I'm retired. I work, I train every day, train every day. But I'll never allow myself to get lazy to my students. I owe it to them. We owe it to them to give them the best version of us, to have students better than we ever were. If you're a teacher and you never produce a student that's better than you, you are a shady-ass professor and teacher. If you're the best black belt you ever produces yourself, you have a problem, a bad problem, lack of technique, um, don't have any good teaching skills. Because if you're the best you ever had is you, and you have no black belts that are better than you, your, your job isn't just to teach fighters how to fight. Your job is to teach them better life skills. Because what do we find in most fighters? And I'm going to say, I'll say 90% of the people that walk in our door that are fighters, that are true fighters that are going to fight. There's um, other outlying issues there. And your job, whether you want it or not. Most of them have no guidance in life they, in general they don't. at all. That's why they're here. Yeah. You become a parent yeah. um, to a fighter. And your job yeah. is to actually teach them how to live. Hey, man, like we need to talk about com conflict resolution. Hey, you're not holding yourself accountable. Mm -hmm. Like you're blaming everybody. What's the one common theme you got in fighters? It's ev everything happened to me. I mean, nothing happens to you. You know what happens to you? Death happens to you. Then there's stuff that you did. Your choice happened to you. Yeah. You're addicted to this. How'd you get addicted to that? Well, you know, I tried the heroin. No, nah, my well, goodness. dumbass. Yeah. Like, you made a choice. Now you're addicted to fucking heroin. Like, I drink too much. Hey, dumbass. Now you drink too much. Let's make a better choice. We And we have all those that come. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and we help. I, and we don't, like, some... What's my, the, other, hold on, the, we're gonna, you're going to cover the, uh, my other favorite. I can't, my, I keep getting fired from my jobs. Hold on, I'm on a tear right now. I keep getting fired from my jobs. Really? Oh my goodness. So they hate you, don't they? Well, yeah. No, I got to work this schedule. Oh, yeah. Oh, you got to. I can't show up at this time. I got uh, to pick up my kids. It's like, I don't understand. Why are we doing this? Yeah, like, look, the fighters, how much of fighters nowadays? 
first of all, they're pulling from pools, guys. If you're watching this, they're pulling from very certain pools that are very specific. So if you want to be like out of the Midwest and really make a shot at the biggest, biggest league of the UFC, you have to know somebody. Right. You have to know uh, either soccer punch, man, like some management company, a team alpha male. It comes from uh, Dana White Contender Series, some from the tough, the ultimate fight in all continents and all shows in all countries. They pull the ultimate fight in Asia. There's ultimate fight in Australia. There's ultimate fight in Europe. There's ultimate fight in England. There's ultimate fight in Brazil. There's yeah, ultimate fight in the U.S. All different weight classes. There's there's Dana White's looking for a fight. There's Matt Serres and Dean Thomas looking for a show. There's Team Alpha Male. There's the five main gyms that they pull from all of UFC pools. They they go there because they know every time they need a replacement, it's in those gyms. It's become such a monopolized market. They have people in line already training. <laughs> like there's people in line for I I know people in UFC training in case somebody doesn't show up for the fight. We right. had we had eight. Four, 18, 18 of our students been on the Ultimate Fighter tryouts or on the show from the school alone in all seasons together. And uh, they came pretty much from when they auditioned for the Ultimate Fighter, they pulled up from here. But to get a fighter from Kentucky, from here, from West Virginia, from these regular gyms, to just show up and make a debut in the UFC and get a contract out of nowhere because there was a scout, um, no. So if, no. if you want to, so that, that's your, your thing too that you're saying. It's like you get a chance, right? Yeah. You have to, we get it. We had a. Uh, I'll use an, a real life example. We had a chance fall into somebody's lap. Um, the chance was, hey, there's a back out on UFC fight, and we need you to step in um, and take this fight. It's short notice. It's going to be three weeks. Um, guy's been training. Uh, doesn't want to take the fight because he doesn't want to lose. How many callbacks do you think that we get for that? None. And so that's not our fighters' mentality. So we can't have. That's why we don't have a lot of fighters because. That's not your mentality. And if you're waiting to get in shape, all right, the stupidest thing in the world, um, being at a martial oh, arts guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the, the stupidest thing in the world being at a gym that you hear all the time is, I need to get in shape to train. Yeah. Okay. Stupidest thing in the world, biggest excuse ever. You get in shape by training. A fighter, an actual prize fighter, that that's their living, needs to be ready at any given moment. Or you don't to eat. Step in. Yeah. That's so, how you make your food, your UFC money. The calls you. Yes, you got to say yes. Man, what do you, what do you, you need to get in shape? Bro, you, you should have been in shape, homie. And I'm like, trying to just hold my own, like, and be, like, nice and be professional. No, man. My job, my whole life, my whole life was to get a name, a date. That's it. A name, a date, a location. A name, a date, and location. That's it. I never picked, I never picked and choose, I never chose, I never asked for anybody. I made weight, I showed up, I put my hands up. Old guard versus new guard. I, that's it. I never asked for anybody. Never Listen. asked for just never, never. Bro. And now these people negotiating, negotiating. Yeah, man. With uh, um, I go pet Petty Pimblet, and I probably get me in trouble because I work for the company. Yeah. Now he's fighting Drew Dober. Now we have a, we're fighting our hands because Drew is for real. But when we see a guy's growing like Petty Pimblet, oh the new whatever all that stuff, fighting people that are not up to his level, being matched up with people that are stylistically good matchups for him. And then he'd been asking live television, what do you want now? Oh, no, no, I'm in a hurry to the top 10. I'm getting paid okay here. Just, I'm okay where I am. I moved. I was. I came here to wash dishes here, and I had two housekeepers in Brazil to be in the UFC, to be the best of the best, to be competing, fighting my guts out versus the best people in the world, leaving all out there. I'm not going to get an opportunity to say, what do you want to be? I'm like, I want to be the world champion. I'm not saying no, no. Like you said, I just want to cruise to some yes. more fight. I want to have some more fun. You know, I want to have some more fun before I get a top 10 or crack somebody in the top 12 
We watch really good athletes fighting nowadays, great athletes fighting, yep. but I still prefer to watch the fighters. And there are very few fighters, man. And we can tell the difference. You yes. have a bunch of folks that win a fight, win a couple of fights that think they're owed something. And the UFC is a business. It's like we tell fighters all the time here, like they owe you nothing. The promoter owes you nothing. Whatever you agree to is what the promoter owes you. Whatever's in that contract is what they owe you. You owe the same back. You owe the promotion to make weight. You owe the promotion to show up on time to do the you know promo pictures, yes. to do the promo videos. No matter how annoying it is, you owe what you're contractually due, like what you have to give them back. Shut up, show the fuck up, fight your fight, win your fight, it's yeah. your time, it's your, your 15 minutes of fame right fucking there. Make it yours. Get the fuck out of there. Go back to training. Don't go out to... These guys that are actually And look it, for the next one. Well, they're not going home and getting fucking drunk and hitting the buffet and gaining 20 pounds they, in two they, weeks. They they, they, but they, were, they were in my time because my fighters would be some of them. Rich and I would win or lose and be like, when do I do it again? When do yeah. I go home, heal up so I can do this again because I cannot do this when I'm 50? When yeah. do I do it again? No, let me take a vacation of three months ago. Yeah. Snowboarding. I don't have time for this. I lost a fight, so I'm not going to train for three weeks. Um, did you take any damage? No, I didn't take any damage. Where the fuck are you? Like, what'd you figure out when you lost the fight? I got to work on this, 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 and that. Man, you better get your ass back in the school and work on this, this, and this. Or guess what? You're going to have another loss right behind that one. Man. No. I want to go home and feel bad for myself. Man, the world doesn't give a fuck about you. So if you feel bad for yourself for three fucking months sitting on your fucking ass you gained 30 fucking pounds you're out of shape you didn't get any fucking better now the sport is three pity. months ahead you want of pity, you bro. yeah you want pity bro man man good lord man like it's so frustrating <laughs> it's because again is we you guys it's venting. we we the guys adapt and overcome that's what winners yeah. do adapt uh, we adapt and overcome. overcome we adapt and overcome we adapt stop complaining nobody wants to hear people that bitch have no friends or you can dwell and point fingers. And I know so yeah, many of man. those, and though if we are those point fingers, we have nothing coming. Dude, I, nothing, because if my students lose, it's my fault. I want to know why, they, what can I have possibly done wrong that I did not expose him to the situation, that they didn't react better. It's the worst way to do it, like if something goes wrong, it's my fault. Yeah, it's man. my fault so I can fix it. Instead of going, it's because of this, or because of that, Who am I or blaming? because of that, Who, or because of that. Whose fault is it? Because it can't yeah. be mine. Yeah. Let's think about like current state of the UFC. Um, all right, so our current heavyweight champion. John Jones. Okay. Jones made a bunch of shitty-ass decisions that cost him years and years of his career, tons and tons of money. Now, he could literally have crawled up in a ball, sat on the money that he made, fuck you to the world, and walked the fuck away. But what did he do? Yeah. My man came out after all that trash about talking about the dad Bob and dad bod. I'm sorry, yeah. in DC. My man came out looking like a fucking dad, stepped in the cage, beat right before he walked out, knocked out USADA, and then got in the fucking cage and went to fucking work. Yeah. Like, he could have. What, I guess what my point was in the beginning was he could have just sat on I don't what think he was. So. He could have. But he, I, really don't, I don't think I didn't need the money. But he, no, he could have. He could have sat back and not done shit. He's been in the gym waiting for his chance, training, lifting. I mean, taking shit from people left yeah. and right about how he's so big now. He's this. My man stayed in the fucking gym. He did. Told the world to kiss his fucking ass. And he said one thing that makes, he said it right. He said before fighting, what do you want this to be? He said only one thing. I have respect. He's different. 
I saw the interview, he said, I just wanted to make it look easy. And, my and he man made it look easy. Beat life. He beat the world. Yeah, he made it look he easy. He beat his haters. Yeah, he he, you know, everybody's talking about an opponent. No, he, that wasn't his opponent. He's never had an opponent that stood in front of him that did damage, that actually was beating him. The only person that ever beat him was the same fucking person that beats all of us, ourselves. Yeah. And he fought that fucking demon, got in that cage, and showed the world why he's the greatest. But you know what, Dave? I don't believe yet until he does it again, like back right. to back. I, I so you're. You know what I'm saying? Wait, 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 he needs to do it again. About, he, I want. To, he needs to. He needs to come back. Come clean because Stipe, I love Stipe. Opponent, but what are you talking about beating? I'm talking no. I be, I, I, um, being true to who he is now and now going back to. That, but that's what I'm asking you. So you fail one more drug test, you're okay, done. Okay, that's, that's what I'm saying to you. You're not talking about getting in the cage and beating another dude because who in the heavyweight division is going to stand to him right now? If you're going to fight Stipe, this is horrible. It's, it's a horrible fight. fight. But it's who... Horrible. Okay, so again, I'll say, when you say one more fight, you're talking about beating USADA again. That's what you're talking about. You're talking about him not failing another fucking drug test. At heavyweight, I don't think he doesn't have a reason to take any... any well, who fight? Who beats him at heavyweight? Uh, right uh, now, in the division, who Francis beats him? Francis can fight him, right? And if Francis wouldn't anyway. But even if Francis could... Francis is just now catching up to here on yeah. wrestling. Like he's just, Jones is over here in his wrestling right now. I'm saying that fight now. A fight a chance, a fight a chance. Okay, a knockout's a knockout. knockout I, get it. I get what you're saying. He doesn't, you know, now I have a bad betting record with you on UFCs. Yeah. I have a really good betting record with you on eating tacos. Yes. But a very bad record on yeah. UFC fights. I, pay, I, and I, get fights, I, can, yeah. I own that. I've lost more money to you than yeah, IRS yeah. has taken this year. <laughs> so I get true. it. Yeah, it's 100% true. It makes a lot of money. Yeah, no, IRS takes a lot of money. <laughs> um, thank you, Feds. But I'm telling you right now, no one in the heavyweight division touches Jones. The only person that fucks him up is himself. And if he stays out of his fucking I agree. way, I agree. he will actually solidify. And now... Because, because there's nobody to fight either. Well... There's nobody I, legit... Like, there's nobody can say, that guy... In his best day, he can give Jones the a fight. Best, not even his best day. The best fighter right now that's not active, that actually has a chance because of style matchup, is Kane. And he, when's the last time Kane's been in the cage? You know who I think could beat John Jones, honestly? If you give him two years to bulk up, Alex Pereira. Yeah, I don't, I don't I see it happening. I don't, if he bulked up, he's the biggest You biggest cannot years. catch his wrestling. People sleep on something. All right, you're right. No, they, you're right. They sleep on his close rate on submissions. Yeah. They sleep on his length. He's got the what the eighty the eighty eighty span. Yeah. yeah, like he's got the longest wingspan in the UFC, uh, probably in the history of the UFC since yeah. we've been measuring wingspan. By the wrestling is the differential. Yeah. You can't catch these dudes up to the level that he's at in his wrestling. And right now, now he is with Henry. And now what? Yeah. Like now he's so, with Henry. I, I was watching that video with Henry teaching. The finish, the side. Yes, um, yes. Like he was teaching the finish and then yes, he goes yes. out and does. Listen, man, like no one, no one, the only person I think that has a chance, but they'd have to get back in, fight their way back up. And I don't know what Kane's legal. I know he's, on, he's on bond. I don't know where he's at with his trial, all that kind of stuff. But he'd have to get back in. Isn't Kane like almost 40 though? I don't, yeah. Well, how 40. old do you think Jones is? 37? Yeah. Uh, what? Big That's difference. Almost, Big difference. Listen, I'm almost, I'm almost 50. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, there is a chance that Kane comes back, gets in shape. He's got the best chance to beat Jones right now. For the fans and whoever's watching, that's a question I want to What do you think, now, really, 
Aljermaine Sterling or Henry Cejudo? That that that's an interesting matchup. Henry, that, dude, Henry is a Henry is something that I can go back against the guy. Fan of certain folks, right? And it's not all of them are the winners in the UFC. Come but, easy, come easy at the same with Damian Maya Ground. Yeah, dude. And then I'm and a Alex fan. Like, what's going on here? Listen, I was a it's fan of God and and doing I, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I was a fan of Damian Maya, and we couldn't keep his ass in the UFC. Like, I mean, he was boring as hell, but not for us. We're watching. I love, he, we he, got popcorn he, out and shit, like, watching. Oh, my God, what's he doing but here? But Damien finished on his terms. Yeah. He finished yeah. on his terms. I mean, he, walked, he, wanted, yeah, listen, he also didn't shy away from a fight. Um, fought everybody. Yeah, he didn't give a shit. He fought. Um, and he didn't have the best stand-up. <laughs> so, so, Sat in the locker room with him when he fought the ginger from the show, Ed. Red, red, really red hair. Been a long, long time. Really, I think really it's Ed good. Sheeran. He's no, not Ed Sheeran. I'm pretty, no, I'm pretty sure he's singing. But it doesn't matter. And he goes. It's Ed Sheeran. Got and it. You no, know, he still was Herman. Herman. Oh, so wow. yeah, I remember from the show still. And I was sitting in the locker room. It was a rich and I fought Ed Herman. It was season three. I was season two. So I was then, and he just he submitted with the arm. Beautiful. Got to the took it back after getting taken down. Took his back and choked him so nice. And I'm sitting. Guy didn't know his name. Just saw Damian Maya with his coaches. Start looking around, became a huge fan. He was like this. He really does. Ouch. You know, he elbows so hard. He said that. Now I'm looking. You have to, this guy you know, is an animal. I saw him destroying this guy. And he goes, ow. Like, you legitimately have he elbows me so memory. hard. You yeah. have the weirdest memory I've ever seen on a human. I remember everything. No, you don't. You absolutely do not. Short you, term is not good. Okay, you can't tell me what you ate yesterday, but you just told me about season three. Oh, yeah. Um, and a conversation that you had. And yeah. the weirdest thing about that, fact checked, it's probably 100%. I don't even have to because I used Correct. to fact check yeah. your, your crap all the time. Yeah. It's, like it's, to it's, see how accurate you were. Because again, can't remember what you ate yesterday. Same thing um, as yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, you can't remember. My short term memory, short term, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, is not as good as, but I remember everything from 10, 15, yes. five years and ago. Quote it, and quote, quote it, it to the T. I can. Or tell me a person. So you get a kid that'll walk in front of you that's no longer a kid that's an adult and you haven't seen him in 15 years and you'll tell me the last time you saw them, what they were wearing and what their name is. If they're my students, yeah. And then I'll be like, okay, um, what did I tell you we would be doing tomorrow? Uh, I thought, yeah. Let me call. uh, He goes, yeah. uh, He goes, yeah. What do you say? What do you say the next meeting is? I thought this podcast was yesterday. uh, (laughs) And he goes, brother, it's actually Friday. I'm like, okay. But if you ask me a question about something in the fight that I saw seven years ago, I can I can break your, it down to you. Your years. response is, I knew that. I knew. I knew. Yeah, I knew it was tomorrow at five. I'm I was, just testing I was you in that amoxicillin, sure. man. I was not feeling so good. Yeah, no, it's amoxicillin. He's been on amoxicillin every day for his entire life. Yeah. Uh, but no, your your memory is freaking amazing. Uh, for some things. Stuff. Like, I do remember every one of our parents' name and every student. You just look at the way the fight game has changed. Um, you know, I, I remember an amateur fight, getting ready to getting ready to walk out. It was the stupidest thing in the world, but um, they used to face you off, right? Like uh, in these bars and shit, you'd be yes. faced off. You walk out, and I'll never forget, um, kind of like sitting, waiting to walk just out. next to you in a curtain. Like you walk here, and yeah. I walk right here, the curtains be right here. Yes. Well, you're, you're faced off like this. Yeah. And I got, I've got Dala sitting in front of me, um, nicest, you know, teddy bear human in the world. And he's just sitting there, and he's just eating gummy bears or whatever he's doing. And the guy that I'm getting ready to fight is looking. He's this far away, and he's just staring at me. And he's like, "Before the curtain, before yeah, they walk out, this is we're here, and we're gonna walk out to the fight." Okay. He's this far away from me, and he's looking at me, and he's like, 
you like he's mouthing all kinds of he's just like just cussing me out and I'm kind of I'm just sitting there and Dollar goes <laughs> puts his gummy bear down and looks over at the guy and he goes my friend I don't understand you're an amateur fighter you got one fight you're walking out to the cage five minutes you beat up Fluffy it's done like you you settle I don't know what you're doing nobody's looking there's no camera I don't know. The guy literally looks at Dalla and goes, I'm sorry. And puts his head down fortified. right before we walked out. You be, that's there, not cool. There, it was the there. funniest shit. I'm the mental behind. games. Mental games. They destroyed the guy. I them. will never forget that moment in time because it taught me so much right there. And I, I was determined from that point forward, anybody that I worked with myself, I would leave them in a better position than I got them in. Huffing and puffing if all them. Any, anyone, I would make them a better human, yeah. if anything. And that's where I think, I think that's the big gap right now that we see. I think that's why we see it at the higher level because the gap started years ago. And you know, you stopped out of, or you stepped out of coaching for a while in MMA and you, you know, the fighters joined them. They go different places, whatever. And we came out of the sport for a while and we focused on what jujitsu um, kids. We focused on kids, right? kids, kids, like making a difference out of fear of where the world was headed. It feels so much better too, guys. No, like I love the fight. I live their life so crazy, but teaching my kids class, I can feel even horrible. I have to make myself get up and teach. I love is the future of our generation. Yeah, man. They, 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 kids don't come to us broken. They come as just literally blank sheets of paper, ready to learn accountability, ready to learn how to eat right, ready to be committed ready to work hard, ready. If anything, anything they can have wrong, it comes from the parents, and I'm really there to fix it right away to we are. But it comes for us, like it's so easy to build new champions of the new generation and with all these kids program because they feed off each other. The adults come to us with so many, it's just excuses, guys. Excuses and brokenness. You guys want us to, you don't come to us to, we're here open at GGMA to provide you the best experience we can. We're gonna push you to have a better quality of life but not as a glorified babysitter. What the fuck is wrong with you? Like coming to those doors, I always tell, rush to get here, but once you get here, don't rush. Open-minded yeah. to have a good time. The only job, the only job is to say, us, yes sir, and to make the next repetition better than the first one. How much would I pay to get it done to me? So, How much would I pay to have somebody go, do it again, let me fix it. So do it again, let me fix it, feel better about it. All right, I just so, read the post, all yeah. right, Listen, USADA has been involved with uh, a certain, um, Federation of Jiu-Jitsu tournaments for a while. That's um, why don't you say? Yeah, you say yeah, I don't really want to. But they've been involved, right? Testing. No. Um, so now, the Nogi Worlds results are coming. People are failing drug tests. Um, if you get on Reddit, holy shit! Like uh, because Usada didn't release a list of guilty athletes. Um, but if you get on Reddit and look at some of those subthreads, you start seeing the podium pictures from the worlds where people didn't get on the podium because they wouldn't test. Oh, yeah. So they couldn't get up there to get their medals. So you'll see the champions list if you go to the website, um, to that certain federation. Yeah. But you won't see podium pictures because in order to get up there, they had to pee, right? So they're gonna piss dirty, they don't go get their medal, but they still get suspended. Like you're talking about with Cyborg. Um, Cyborg never got, he never got tested. He bailed and that bail cost him a 36 month. Is this supposed to day again as a champ? Yeah, I mean, he's listen. He went to um, Grappling Industries. I was wondering why he was at the at the local a local tournament here in Ohio. I'm like, why in the hell is Cyborg there? He didn't get. But go. Do what do you want to? What subject do you want to test? Because I want to. I want to know. Is this the 
first place get there. The second place no, does. There's only doing, champions. So Nogi Worlds was the first time where they were hitting podiums. Like getting the folks on the, they were hitting them, like all the all champions the, of the divisions. Uh, and the, they didn't fall after you win. Because at, after you no, win. at the podium. So after you, after you win, before you get your medal, you're getting tested. You got to go PP. Yep. Because they can't test. I mean, let's be real. Like you can't pay for all those tests. And I, get, I, I wouldn't expect that. But why would you, would you go ahead and test? So you test masters, you test adults. Oh, uh, they, you test, right? yeah, they Females too. You test. Um, I don't know. I never saw any negative female. I don't know if you saw any, but. Um, I never saw any. There's negative. no pay. There's no pay. There's right. no pay. There's no. There's no pay for for the uh, world champion of the, the federation. There's no payday. You spend money competing, traveling, all this stuff. You do spend money. If you're over 30, 35, and you do have, if you do it, here's what I believe, my person. If you are seen by a doctor, by a professional, fault you have a, a, a barrage. If you're a plethora of intelligent people giving advice to keep you healthy, so you have longevity, doing what you love. Then I believe testosterone replacement therapy is a great thing. Well, the problem is That's most baggers. people most people think life. that most people think the glasses always have empty. And if a little bit of this is good, more is just a little better. And more is just a little better. Yeah, and more is just a little better. And that comes the obsessed like everything, drugs or alcohol, they, they do it too much. But I think if you're 34, 35, 36, and if you test, if you should test in a certain level of testosterone, not ridiculous, but a certain level, I don't think that would be um there would be such kind of a so big Wagner, deal. Wagner used the TRT because Wagner said, hey, listen, I'm, Cyborg said I'm over 40 years old. Yeah. I'm out here competing in adult divisions. You're damn straight. Um, now, they had some kids, some 20s, um, test positive. And, but here, here's the deal. I didn't see anything on the women's results, but here's what I know. I challenge you to go look at one of these tournaments. Look at what's going on in the female divisions. If they test those divisions, guarantee you, Oh, 90, yes. 90% of the champions sitting yes, on top of the podium yes. are off. Yes. So if they're, they're, the goal for USADA or the goal for this federation was to make jiu-jitsu an even playing field. Yeah. Because Gordon's come out and said it a thousand times. Like, everybody on these podiums are juicing. Like, everybody is. Why do you think I do what I do? Like, why do, this is where I go. If you want to, like, they do bodybuilding shows that are drug-free, and they do bodybuilding shows yes. that are not tested, right? Um, like, maybe you're looking at creating a jiu-jitsu federation that's tested and one that's not. Because I'll tell you what, jiu-jitsu itself, some of it's mainstream, but look at what's going mainstream. Going mainstream are the exciting things. Like I sat and watched a 10-minute match. Um, who was uh, Dante Leon. I was watching Dante compete. And I'm thinking to myself as I'm watching, like I'm having a great time watching this fight or watching this match. And I'm looking at it going, this is like a really technical match. Oh my God, nobody would watch this. Uh, One of the most technical matches that I've ever seen. Nobody uneducated with the yeah, uneducated Dante eye. Win, Dante wins it, right? Looks great winning it. Is in control. Like, just a really beautiful no-gi match. It would never be one of these ones that gets sold that people will pay, pay to watch. It'll never be a Gordon Ryan match. Because when you watch Gordon Ryan, he's exciting. He go, he's going for the finish the whole time. That's not where we've geared some of this uh, gear. That was a play on. Yeah. Of stuff. We, we, we're not geared that way um, in certain federation tournaments, so they don't have the popularity. So to your point, they drug themselves. So some of these 20s, like let's talk about the damage of testosterone on a female. Those are damages that they never get back. They'll never get those. They'll ne their body will never snap back. Like it'll never what be back. Well, I think I'm going to kind of different here than you. I'll think that, 
look, it's just suggesting everybody over 40 or masters or whatever don't need to be tested. Everybody else should be tested and it should be legal. Or just agree to, no, agree to what you're going to do. Like, listen, man, I've been, I've been that guy on the mat where I've watched people walk out on the mat and not make weight. Yeah, watch oh them, yeah, yeah. Watch I watched one with you. Watch them be, the scale, cheating the scale. watch them be four pounds overweight and be allowed step to step on the freaking scale. The guy never looks at it. Yes. Sends them on their way to the mat. Um, and you might say four pounds. What's four pounds? Man, let me tell you something. When I'm cutting yeah. to make sure I make, because let me tell you the difference. I'm four pounds over. Guess what? I don't compete that day. DQ, I'm out. Yeah. So you watch a guy miss weight, sit there next to him, watch him miss weight, watch him walk out. Because of where he's from or where he was because born. Because they're, they're, they're my same team with That's the guy exact. that's checking us. Yeah. So now you go out. I just want an even playing field. And as an American You're competitor, never here's going what I to know. Get an even playing field. But here's what I know. And here's what I tell guys that I've watched lose at that certain federation. You know the rules. You know where you're going. And you know the bias. If you face a guy that's from Brazil and think you're going to win a ref's decision, who's the stupid one? You know you need to win and win big and you've yelled at me how many times have you yelled at me when i've given up what i might be winning the match to go for a sub because i know i'd rather go out on my shield then leave it to the then leave it to somebody's decision where i know i'm not going to win right so you can't complain about that but what i'm asking for is an even playing field like if we're all you know testing out then we all test out all of us and if you're saying trt then i'm saying okay then everybody produces blood work. Yeah. Like so, if you're saying over forty should be allowed to do TRT or um, uh, hormone replacement HRT, HRT, I- I'm in. I'm in. HRT. But then everybody tests to a certain number because when they run your blood work, what are they looking for? Things that are in your blood, or yes. are they looking for your Excess. testosterone levels? Yes. So are we going with a small number, a large number, like free yeah. testosterone? The lar- like, what are we doing? But if we, if you go now, we go deeper. So you can go yep. too crazy. If you talk about just corruption and unfairness, okay, go ahead. then you can go testing women, testing the guys that are just certain people. Um, if I miss weight, we've seen it many times. We've seen it that people that miss weight are allowed to compete. They're friends of the referees. There are a lot of cliques. Things are corrupt, man. Politicians are corrupt. Sports are corrupted. What do you guys think? Sports are corrupted. Um, don't you think in the major leagues of mixed martial arts, People don't get easier fights for longer buys and better paydays because the managers have a deal behind it. Everything is a work behind. Some countries are not like where I come from, for instance, in Brazil. Everything is who you know. I grew up saying it's not what you do, what you're good at, how much you have. It's just who you know. That's where you come from. And you come from a country where I came here with the same dream that everybody else did back then. That's in 1993, where if you have a dream and you work hard, you can't even have a house, like an apartment at least with air conditioning, a little car in a microwave and have an honest life in America. You never have to carry a gun. That's how I thought it when I moved here. And an honest dream, I, I made it with an honest dream. I said, I'm still making every day as a hustle, but everything has been corrupt. When I was broke, everything was double the price. I couldn't pay rent. I couldn't find a doctor to fix my, my injuries. And when I became popular, everything was free. Like, my, I don't pay for any so, doctors. I don't pay for treatment. I don't pay for dentists. I don't pay for cars. I don't pay for, I don't pay for restaurants usually. Everybody, pay for wants a, everybody wants a piece of you. But if you're talking about, like, going back, just step back for, for that federation, for yeah. instance, right? Um, yeah. And, you know, maybe there's not that many of us out there anymore. Geese should be, there's the most fun. Geese should be getting paid. But yep. And yeah. Geese should be highlighted. Highlighted. Be, yeah. And you know what? No Geese, you know, is my favorite, right? But Geese is the... 
the ultimate it's dream. It's the essence. It's the infinite ocean. It's the, every single technique you see in the gi is a different sport, completely different. It has evolved a lot, but still, I always see like the gi is the ocean, and then the gi is like this humongous, humongous lake. Dude, it's but the at ultimate, some point, it's different. The it's gi, the ultimate chess game. Yes, it is. And for the gi, it's not have, uh, it's not be getting the same recognition. For MMA to be taken as a joke, for for every main pay per view card, and I work for MMA pay per view card. To have three people making a debut, a debut, like a debut, a UFC debut, and then like being two and one or three and no or two and something, and for the gear to be seen, being thought so deluded, so deluded, and so so many people not valuing so much the beauty art. Leandro Low is almost like it's a conspiracy. Leandro Low, the best of all time, he in Bushesha with every position in the gi. You know, the, what a tragedy he's gone now. And uh, people, it seems like people are talking even less about the Gi. I'm a huge fan of Gordon Ryan. I think he's a huge innovator. I think he's the best that's ever existed in the Gi. I think his techniques are amazing. I'm learning everything that I can. But I, I, uh, I'm a Gi. Uh, Jiu-Jitsu is a Gi, dude. Jiu-Jitsu is the fucking Gi. And I don't know what you guys are thinking. Yeah. It starts in the Gi or why? So something Dala used to say to me um, because I stopped training in the Gi for like five years, right? And Dala would say to me all the time, like, why do you need a belt to hold your shorts up? Yeah, that was Rich Franklin um, talk. Yeah. So why? Why? And and Dollar was right. Like, the gi and the gi passes you by faster than no gi does. Now they both will pass you by if you're not in. But yes, um, I absolutely love both of what they offer. I'm I got a better win percentage in no gi than I do gi. Let's just be real. Like that's the way, especially at this level. It is, yeah. But it's so much fun to learn new things, right? For somebody, for anybody, you say. To hold a dominant record nowadays in gi is a lot harder than no gi. No gi, no gi have the goat, the, the guy that's doing what he's doing. But the gi is still the best gi guys in the world. It's, like, it's so competitive, it's by one advantage. You still see Cobri and Charles going. Yeah. It doesn't matter who he goes against. The size doesn't matter if he tangles up the gi against one of the Mendes brothers. You cannot see that disparity in Ogi and see a match being competitive. You don't. Dude, there don't. was that so, that match with uh, Leandro Massaro. Um, I was talking about it last night, and um, you know I lost by an advantage, right? Yeah. I got my ass kicked in that match. It doesn't show on the score, but P, this is the difference in what people. Yeah, and I've been real with it. Like people are asking me, like, "Oh my god, that he got an advantage for bro." He almost broke my fucking arm. Like, what, what are we talking? Like, that match. I don't want to be here anymore. Like, like, that fucking match. No, that was that dude that, that was Thor that. Uh, the huge, the absolute. That, yeah, when he, uh, the absolute finals and the dude collar ties me and I started laughing. And he's like, why, why are you laughing? Well, I don't <laughs> want to be here. And I was like, I changed my mind. Like, <laughs> that, at that point, I was like, fuck you, bro. I don't, get off me. But no, with Leandro, it's like, he's so good. Like, he's so talented. That match took everything out of me. He, yes, he only beat me by a fucking advantage, but the jujitsu that was going on during that time. Isn't it awesome to hear that? He's so good, he's so talented. That's a good guy saying jujitsu. He said, he's so good, he's so talented. He's still beaten by the advantage, but he's so good. He almost broke my fucking arm. We don't see the, you know, gears are different. The kind of animosity is different. Yeah, they, they, talk the gear, they, they talk to each other. They talk to each other a little bit different. It's Listen. a little different. I love that kind of stuff about the gear, man. It was such a hard match. You still hug it out afterwards, and the grips are oh. harder. You're gonna be more tired in the gi. Well, Trust me, you still get more tired in the gi. Leandro, for me, um, I've watched that dude compete um, since I was a purple belt. I yeah. guess 
I've watched him compete. Like it smooth, was smooth. It was a respectful honor. So at the end of that match, like I hugged him before. I've never done that before. Like before we even got up, I gave him a hug. And I told him, you know, like to me, like watching that dude, he's one of Megaton's black belts. Uh -huh, um, he is. And he's just an he impressive. Is, I've watched smooth, him arm bar. And, and his flows and his strong and pressure is one yeah, of the beautiful just to watch. I've watched him arm bar every person that I've seen him roll with. So when he caught that, that bar and I just wanted out more than he wanted to break it is what it was. It was a battle of wills. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's in, it's been nothing but a, a fun journey to watch the gi and watch it evolve. And I think, you know, I hear people say, oh, the gi is a, all right. So Gordon Ryan said it on a podcast, um, Joe Rogan podcast. He said, you know, the gi is dying. It's going away. I don't believe that because if that was the case, then judo wouldn't be a sport. If that was the and I mean, think about how the game old, can never die because of law enforcement, the self defense. Well, think about and how old judo is. Self defense, it can never Bro, die. It's the culture the that's officers. related to the gi is different than the culture that's related to no gi. But it's our it's our job to make sure that those cultures, um, even though they delineate, don't change. They the cultures have to be the same. Like through sacrifice, work is earned. Through sacrifice, you change. Like what you do on the mat. Yeah. is a reflection of what you're going to do off the mat. Exactly. If you're some kind of entitled jackass on the mat, I promise you today, promise you, you're going to be an entitled jackass. Why would he say the gi will be obsolete? Um, because no one wants to watch the gi. Well, man, not everybody competes. The 1% you know, you know, of combat Can I say students. something to you and it's going to resonate for everybody? Everybody. Do you know why nobody wants to watch the gi as much anymore? They think it's what? Boring. 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 Okay. Boring. Nothing that's been invented nowadays, nothing has been invented or created, has made us exercise more, move more, think more, at all. All everything that's created is to make it easier to access music, easier to go to work, easier to not have to drive a car, easier to get a job done without having to get up off your fucking bedroom at home, easier to make a whole entire meal and be DoorDash without having to get up off your house. You have to pay the same amount of the food you paid for the food because your lazy ass doesn't want to go up and get the food in the restaurant. You pay double the price to be delivered your doorstep. Nothing is created nowadays. No inventions is making us smarter or more fit. That decision right there, the saying the gear is dying, is making us dumber too. Yep. It's dumber. It's dumbing out the process well, of grappling because gi, it makes your mind go. I think thirty options. No gi, there's like five options. In gi, there's thirty of them. I think that I even think that statement is somebody filling their persona. Because here's why: Gordon trains in the gi every week. He does. I know every he's single. He's different. Week. He's he's a, he's not. He doesn't pose his training, but, does he? But he said that. You know, he goes out and says. You know, he feeds his fans. Yeah. Uh, because he's very. I mean, come on. He's one of the smartest athletes out there right now. Making money on the mat, but making money more money off the mat because he's smart. So yeah, gi is dying. My man is on the mat in a fucking gi a couple times a week by mm -hmm. his own admission. If you go to any of his seminars, which are great seminars by the way, mm -hmm. that's what you'll hear. I, li I like I like when we talked about the values. Well, like what yeah. we believe in here, man. The most important things about about how we conduct business here, and for for people to understand and learn how to speak our language and identify with us is so much more important. So it saves you a lot of trip, a lot of time when you finally somebody come see us. It feels like you already know who we are. Like we're going to be honest with you. We're going to make you work hard. It's tough love, but we're well, never is. gonna get out of here. And like you're always gonna leave happy that you walked in. Very first episode. Remember this. Very upset with MMA nowadays. Uh, the amateur MMA circuit in the United States have abandoned coaching MMA 
because of that very thing we're talking about of excessive entitlement, lack of accountability, and everybody that's an amateur fight, especially that I see around here in the Midwest, is walking around like the King James. And it bothers me to my core to not see humility and people being humble and asking to, 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 to really train hard and to find the best way to follow. It seems like everybody wants to be handed the dream in a platter yeah. when they come to us as opposed to ask us to help you achieve it. Like, I will do whatever you tell me to do if you make me a champion, because that's how was my attitude. That's how I was here. Coming. I will do, I will clean, I'll clean, I'll live here, I'll live in a hammock, I'll eat leftovers, which is all true. I'll wash dishes all day, I don't care. I just want to be the best. So, and nowadays it's like this, hey, call me when you want to make me the best. It's almost like I've, I feel like I'm taking the fucking crazy pill. Everyone, the parents come to the kids with us, thinking I'm going to parent the kids. Do whatever you want, professor. Say whatever you want, do whatever you want, say whatever you want, we're going to happy hour and come back. I don't mind it. I don't mind it because for two hours I can make those, the, the life better. I can teach them something they're going to remember forever. But adults, I don't care about your sexual preference, your religion, your politi political views, but excuses and laziness, don't sign up, don't show up, don't come to a tryout. If you're lazy, if you're full of excuses, go seek life elsewhere. That's what I got to say. So let, let's talk about gi jiu-jitsu. Um, all right, so one of the things I see now in our current state, um, there's a couple teams that have risen up from popularity, and they're called America's teams. And it makes me laugh, right? This is gi jiu-jitsu. We're talking about jiu-jitsu. It makes me laugh and settle back and try to explain to people the best team in America. Like, people taking the title of America's team. Oh, yeah. And, and I'll go old school on this one. Um you know, from having seen it and watched it and seen some of the world champions coming out, Lloyd Irvin's still, to me, America's team in jiu-jitsu. And why do I say America's team? And I know we, we don't necessarily agree on everything, but here's, here's why. All homegrown. That's something to be said. And let's stop right there. Now, that's right, huge so, to be said. So people are like, hey, do you, you know, Lloyd this, Lloyd that. Man, let me tell you something. I know Lloyd. I've been around Lloyd for years. He like, developed that program. Yeah, Lloyd is not... A nice guy he's not nice he's not holding your hands he's not hugging you let me tell you what he is though he's real he's taking these kids that don't have necessarily the best home life or best education and he put together a program uh, between him Donnie um, the staff that works there the staff that's been in and out of there they've brought these kids up from five years old to world champions today in the adult divisions you want to talk about homegrown. Do you guys not remember the, the ads in the grappling magazines? Yeah, man. Like, the, the, we have to give... Lloyd Irvin was... Her, Master Lloyd, you were ahead of your time. So, but I remember here, here in Brazil, he's ranked... He's in yeah, listen, under me. He went, he went yeah. to Tushuka. Yes, I was there. Him. I was there. When so, he went to the wars, I was there. So we, he went with his... Uh, Fer, Fer, Tony Ferguson. A judo black man with him. No, yeah. Roddy. It's, Roddy Ferguson. Yeah, uh, it's Dr. Roddy Ferguson. Roddy Ferguson. I was my there. First, I was, look, I, I was the only one... I see those two men in Tushuka... Speaking English, I know they were Brazilian. I watched, I was there when yep. he won. So, I was so there. think about the, all right, so he gets no credibility for that. No recognition for that. Um, the stuff they were posting, a lot of racism, right? Let's just be real, a lot of racism. Um, but this guy builds this team, one location, builds this empire of uh, DJ Jackson, Sajara Fowler. Uh, Mike Fowler, old school. Old school, my father. Where do you think Ryan Hall came from? Yep. Like, you're talking about... And all different styles of jiu-jitsu as well. Yeah, man. And, Triangles, and, leg locks, guard passer. So now you look at the UFC, Sadiq Youssef. 
um, out of Lloyd's. Like, um, Dominique uh, Cruz came out of Lloyd's, like, was there, was. went back and forth between California. Um, Brandon the Truth Vera. Like, you look at what he's built there, and then you get an up-and-coming school that's done nothing being called America's team. Man, and I sit back and I go, bro, do you have any idea the lack of respect that is shown to Team Lloyd Irvin is for the what same they've done? talk as the MMA fighters. It, it is. It's just, it's just trash talk. It, is, it, it amazes me, though. And they, they eat it up. Well, it amazes me, like, you know, you don't get that notoriety, but then you get a team that comes out that has done nothing. Has done nothing, nothing to show for. Lloyd came out of retirement and went and competed after breaking his damn back, breaking his neck. Goes out and competes to show his students that, that he can still do it. You're talking about a guy that puts his money where his mouth is, right? You're talking about a team that all delivers results. These kids right now that are coming up through his ranks that are two-time state champions in Maryland, that are national champions, that are world champions in gi and no gi, you watch what that team's going to look like over the next 10 years. Watch what happens. Is he um, still developing them? Oh, yeah. America's team. Like, America's team is Team Lloyd Irvin. Like, okay, what team calls himself America's team? Because I'm out of the loop here. Uh, there's, so, there's so many of them that are America's team. But you've got teams that have come up in the Nogi ranks that have made their, their notoriety based on social media, um, based on followers, based on what do you... You watch what... You, you want people to be successful that are good people. They do good things for the community, right? You want that. Like, I want certain fighters to win because they're just good humans and they do a lot for people, right? They do a lot. Cody Garbrandt did a lot. You want to see him win. Um, I want to see everybody from Lloyd's do good because I know what Lloyd's gone through. I know what Donnie Acknick has sacrificed to get these kids there. The hours that he puts in with each of them, and he doesn't consider it work. He's parenting. There's some other teams probably that... They're really good at putting work in that we don't know about. But not that recognized. That's true. Like, the results, the proof is in the tell, right? The results that team has put up and is ignored has to make you stop and go, why? Like, why? Um, Like, we talk in this country about entitlement. But, man, I'm I'm sitting over here, an over 40-year-old white male telling you right now that team has lost all of its credibility because it's run by a black-owned instructor. I'm telling you that's why. I'm telling you that because he's American and black, that he's left off. Like, that's where it's at. The majority of those students winning, what color are they? I don't know, white. Black. Black. His students are black. Jameel Hill. Yeah. Not recognized. World champion. Young world champion. AJ Jackson. Not DJ. Yeah. Uh, what? Eight eight time world champion? Eight times. You truly believe that's, it's, I think it's politics. It has nothing to do with color. Pol- politics does have something to do yeah. with color too yeah. sometimes, right? Yeah, of course. So you got to sell me on the fact that their name is left off the list for another reason. Like they, they had this, um, he never stopped. He never pulled back from his kids program. He has enough money. He runs other you know, venture capital stuff, business stuff. He could have stopped doing what he's doing, but he's not leaving his community. You know, he lives in his community. Yeah, I do. And that's not a uh, nice place to live. If you watch that, I think it's 2020 or 60 Minutes, whatever that, where the um, the home invasion happened with him and his family and, and Brandon. Yes. Um, like there was a serial, the, the guy ended up being he like lives, a serial killer. Yeah, with, he lives um, in that community. He lived in that, he stayed in that community. Like my man could have left. So, so what is the reason then that the title America's team, 
And, and I'm good with you selling me on something else, but what's the reason? I didn't even know there was a talk, so I'm not uneducated on that. I'm, I'm and just I thought, And I actually thought also that people stopped getting on Lloyd's back a long time. I thought he left him alone. And he's still on, on, on I thought he left him now, alone any, a while back. Anytime you want to destroy a man, we talked about this before. Yeah. You, how, how do you destroy a man? Destroy his name. That's it. So you can't destroy the team. People have tried. They just keep backing his name then. Yeah, man. Him. I thought, about, I'm so sorry then because I thought, I'm trying to catch up here. I'm like, I thought they left him alone a while back. After he had, he went some turbulence, his personal, everybody was personally attacking him. Who's going to take the time to recognize good? Yeah. yeah. Like, we're going to, seriously, like, I'm all, because I always talk about it. Who the hell is going to take the time to pay a compliment? Yeah, man. Who is going to take the time to say, you know what? You're doing a really good job in your school. It's not mine, it's yours. I just want to take my time here to say, Good job giving it all to your students. Good job doing the best job you can, paying it forward. Good job taking your job serious, doing honest work, giving you the best instruction you possibly can. Awesome. When are you ever going to see a compliment, a true compliment coming for free without second intentions? It's just not human nature anymore. It's so easy to hate. Oh, it's so easy to just leave out and go, look at the wings in that school. Oh, fuck, I not even see anything inside. Or look how trashy those mats look. It's the first thing people look. Yeah, man. They're not going, or... Look how he talks. He just cussed. Whatever it is, as opposed to looking. And then you get into a social media post and you flicking the camera off. You're acting tough. Like, yeah. come on in. And, but I know you. Yeah. And I know you are not that persona. Yeah. Or I know the man you are. Like, uh, I used to have a buddy of mine that tutored um, one of my kids. An amazing human. Lived with me and my family. Amazing human. And then I watched him. He changes when we get in public. The best leaders that you've ever worked with the best leader that you ever had for me um you know i was doing this exercise the other day um elena was quizzing me on relationship questions and she asked me who are the three i think it was the three the three most influential uh, people in your life that you would say influence you the most and you know first is my mom and then i'm sitting there thinking i'm like lloyd Irvin, leo dalla like, man, you know, I'm stopping and thinking. I'm like, holy crap. Like, those people influenced me the most. Now, good, bad, or indifferent, they influence. There's a difference between um, influence and execution, right? Influence. Yes. They influenced paths that I went. Yes. I learned a lot from them that I use in business today, that I use in leadership today. I learned a lot from all three of them. I quote my mom, I quote my mom um, who got a high school education and went to work and retired from the post office. But my mom had some of the most beautiful insights to business that I literally will quote. She had some of the most beautiful insights to, um, at that time, like how to treat people. Like she was ahead of her time in how to, how to get rid of hate, how to process hate out of a conversation. And she raised me to not hate, which, you know, that is taught. Hate is yeah, taught, yes, right? Yes, so, yes, yes, yes. But, you know, there's some serious influence in those three people, right? And the leaders that we've worked with that, that I think are the best leaders, they have the same traits. They all have the same you said, traits. You said, you, you said your mom, Lloyd, Dollar. and the dollar. And I couldn't believe it because my is my mom, Hansel Gracie, and Sazinho. There you senseis. go. My two senseis, my sensei Sazinho, Hansel's great influence, and my mother. It's literally just <laughs> right it's, there. It's not my dad. I love my dad no, so yeah. much. But it's we're not nothing really alike. It's influence. my two cents. Yes, influences. You're talking about influence is a big ass word. Since Hans is the one that look at my father sitting in there when I was 22 and goes, whatever he needs help with, he's going to be a champion. He doesn't need to be waiting tables. Help him. 
That day, Arnie goes to stop working in the restaurant. He's $20,000, open your own school. Because he's a great, this man here just told me. I'm like, I've been trying to tell you for you. No, he told you, he, I saw him fight on television. <laughs> I believe him. Influence. If he said you're going to make it, you're going to make it here. And that was it. So, you know, one day in my life, um, like that's what we live for. We want to be that to someone else. To someone else. So yes. when I lead um, and, you know, lead teams, right, um, regular life, work life, um, like I always want to be fair, you know, treat everybody the same, make good decisions, lead from the front, get in, get my hands dirty when I need to. But I try my hardest to be that positive influence in my professional life and our life here at the schools and with fighters like the same try to be the exact same person be that influence i want to be that guy that that what dala what my mom what lloyd were able to give back to me i want to be able to deliver that same results to other people be an influencer on their life in the positive that they sit back and go damn it man like he was right there's no in their best feeling ever too yeah man best feeling Let's talk about fight stories for George. All right. No, no. My, last one. No, last one, because it's speaking no, of George no, stuff. No, no, this is my fun George stuff. Um, so my second uh, second fight with you in the corner, cutting weight, sitting in the room. Got to make weight in a couple hours. I'm sitting in the room. George is eating next to me. No big deal, whatever. I'm not hungry. I'm more thirsty than anything. That night, um, after the weigh-ins, he snores the loudest of any... The loudest of any human ever while I'm being spooned by another fighter. That's it not is, gay. It is the most, yeah, it was definitely not gay. Uh, even though it could have been. But it, it was definitely the most uncomfortable. I had he, allergies, man. He snores all fucking night. I did. I don't do it. And I, I get it. up in the morning and I'm still like sitting there staring at him. And he wakes up and I'm like, hey, man. Um, was I snoring? I don't snore. He calls his wife on speaker. (laughs) And I videotaped him snoring because I was up all night. He calls his wife once, puts her on speaker and goes, Jamie, you won't believe this. Fluffy says I snore. She goes, oh, hell yeah, you snore. It's loud as shit. And he goes, I don't know. I I don't know. know. I don't know. My my English. I know, yes. So... All right, so we go out for the we fight. We don't stay in the same hotels anymore. We no, we don't. Never we can't. The, even the UFC had us out, and we I went and got my own room. I have, uh, to be, I have to have my own room. Yeah. I have to have my own room. Yeah, no, you have to have your own room because nobody can sleep in your room because you snore. All right, so um, we go out to the fight. We're supposed to just, everything's supposed to be fine. I'm never, I'm not an angry fighter. Um, I don't want to get hit. I want to take them down. I want to win, right? So even the, the pre-fight interview, I think we're in the back and... We were laughing because I was like, yeah, George and I have done nothing but work on our stand-up for the last you know, four months straight because we had one fight cancel and then we got the other one. And so the guy looks at me and goes, oh, so you've been working with George on your stand-up? Well, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, so where do you see the fight going? I was like, well, I'm going to start on my feet and then the guy's going to try to hit me or he's going to hit me and I'm going to take him down. I'm going to submit him. He's fucking laughing at me because that was the God's honest. I just spoke yeah. the truth of what was going to happen. So I'm mad because he didn't let me sleep. That fight was the fastest yeah. fight that I've ever had. Yeah. It, it ended with... But it's nothing to do with... It was 100% how angry he I was. He was not angry at all. He was so happy. Oh, there was no... God. I just God was on his level. Him. He couldn't. He couldn't. If he was angry, you're welcome. Because I, it was easy, easy, easy. Beat him now. Punch him down. Took him to the ground. Submit him. By the time he realized, 
Everybody was crying, leaving over there the direction. I was like, oh, job is over. Huh? If that's what it takes for my father to spin fights, I was nor every night. His active coaching is the funniest shit in the world anyway. Like, uh. um, at that Birmingham Open, since it's in my head right now. Um, we're you can make him look bad because I'm loud. Oh, dude, it was funny as shit. We were at the finals um, with that tall, young guy. And uh, somebody robbed You him. yelled, you yelled, uh, oh, okay, pull, pull guard. You yelled at me, pull guard. I haven't even got to the fight part. You yelled at me yeah. to that to that guy, fluffy pull guard. Man, I don't know how to pull guard. We've never practiced. I don't pulling remember guard. this. He screams, pull guard. The guy sits down and I shoot. And the fight. All right, so the match ends. I win. The match ends. George walks up to this big giant pro young fighter and goes, "Ha ha." Jokes on you. He doesn't know how to pull guard. Right. <laughs> Along the way, like it was the funniest shit. Oh, like, did on purpose. Pull guard. Pull guard. Pull guard. So he can come close to you. So he can take yeah, you down. Yes, I remember yes, now. Yes. 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 That's why it was I was funny. not even. Come See on, how he man. justifies the whole story. I was, it was because funny I, shit. I remember now. I don't remember telling somebody to Dude, pull guard. It was funny. I was baked to him. So yeah. Yeah. Well, the funny part Fluffy, wasn't that. Pull guard. The, the pull funny guard. part was when he walks over and goes, "Oh, uh, he doesn't know how to pull guard." Yeah, yeah. Goes, Got you. Yeah. So then five minutes later, I'm sitting up at the front. Five minutes later, I see a flip-flop go flying across the mat and it bounces off this ref's head and my brother um is looking at me and he goes hey um george got us into a fight we're about to fight and i was like yeah right whatever and i look over and it's every tournament every freaking ref is all the same school and they're all coming at george so my brother gets up and he goes all right, well, we got a fight. So we just walked out. And then, you know, one of the guys, a super nice guy that was running that tournament. Um, he was not a nice. No, the guy man. running the tournament was a oh, super. Oh, yeah, the older man. He walks out. He's a big fan of George's. And he goes, he looks at the this young kid that's reffing. And he goes, hey, he's going to knock you out. Um, so I'm going to stop. Man, he robbed, he robbed Chris and scored two points. And then he scored two points again. We took a guy, Chris, our student. And he purposely, because of his team, he looked away and didn't score. I was... I'm not a crazy person. I saw exactly what he did twice. Two points, ref. I speak Portuguese. I'm Brazilian. Two points. Hey, two points. That's four points. I threw my flip flop on the mat and said, "Stop the match." Was it on the mat? I threw it on his face, on his head. Yeah, his... so again. I threw the flip flop on. I said, "Stop yes, the match." Yes, my friend. Okay. Yeah, whatever. Uh, the flip flop did not touch the ground. The flip top. The flip flop went. I was looking at the mats I and threw saw the flip flop. Uh, I threw a sandal. He ignored me when I said, "Hey, the second time, he scored two points." He turned away from me when I was talking to the ref. So I threw my sandal on his face. Yes, in most cases, we throw flip flops at the ref. Oh, yeah, so I did. Um, with the, the guy running the tournament's a super active competitor now, jujitsu. Oh. Um, yeah, big federation guy. I see him all the time. He still tells that story um, <laughs> because he thinks he saved, which he did. He saved this young kid's life. But he saved that dude's life. And it was the funniest shit ever. And I thought it was hilarious. It's the first time I had seen my brother move that entire day. And he gets up off the chair, walks his if ass I, out there, and he's ready to... He's, don't make me look like... I'm not that crazy. If I, I can handle my own if they mess with me. But if you do the injustice to the people that I love, my students, and I bluntly, and I'm watching it, I'm throwing down. I don't care how who it your, is. I don't care who it is. I'm, I'm coming in, crazy. I'm throwing down. We just yeah. said that you're flip-flop challenged. I... I wasn't, I didn't, uh, well, the fact uh, is this, the fact is this, Professor George threw a flip-flop at somebody's head. Not necessarily. Yes. A no, crooked uh, referee, a crooked Brazilian referee, uh, brown belt, piece of shit, disrespectful, yeah. didn't listen to me when I said twice hey, that my student had scored, listen. so he turned away from me, so I 
Linda. threw my flip flop on his freaking face and told Linda. him that I was going to fight him. Linda, let's stop here for a second. <laughs> we said there'll be no political conversation. And all I hear is you talking like a politician. Did you or did you not justifiably hit an adult in the face? How are you? Okay. Just answer this question. Did you or did you not hit an adult in the face with a flip-flop? Absolutely. Okay, was it across a mat and was it in front of hundreds of people? Precisely. Okay, thank you. That is all. Did he want to fight you back? That is all. Did he want to fight you back? That is all we... Did he want to um, to fight him? uh, um, I'd like to call George as a hostile witness. Um, Please, uh, you can't handle the truth. I'm just throwing this out there. Did I offer him to fight fairly? And I said, why I threw the the team in his face? Okay, but that's it. It's not... Nobody thinks you're crazy. (laughs) You answered the question and then you can stop at the answer of the question. Justifiably, I hit him with a flip-flop. Really? Because I wanted to fight. Yes, no. So we learned, a, we learned a lot that day. We learned that um, I should not walk away while George is coaching um, while he's wearing flip-flops. Yeah, I learned a lot about myself. No, in, in all, you know, I'm, I'm being... Don't cheat my students. Yeah, I'm being sarcastic and funny, but it's more along the lines of, like, you step up and you you defend your people. Um, you know, Always. you take that all day. My friends. Uh, but it was a... It's gotten us into more shit than not. Um, and it's happened. You know, I know I've got us into... Every tournament, I'm not... Uh, every tournament, I go, I go ready. Every time I go ready because I don't, I, these guys nowadays, it's getting to the point where we're talking at long here in the podcast, I don't care. Every time we go to Fuji, it's local, anywhere else, there's always the little mama sh- papa shops that know exactly who we are and they like to talk stuff and I go over there and I show up and every time that I don't show up, there's always some thing that happens. And when I show up, nothing ever happens. So at least make something happen when I show up. <laughs> like seriously, every time I go there, I go ready. Just respect my team, I respect Persona. yours. I respect my team. I respect yours. But if I have something to say, say it to my face no, and say it when persona. we show up. Yeah. It's what we were talking about before. It's the persona. Yeah. It is, uh, it's no longer the social media generation. It's the TikTok generation. When I get there. It's a persona. Yeah. We They're putting this, on an act. They are. And I go to these tournaments nowadays thinking, man, all the respect, you know, and I'm in that mode. I started Jiu-Jitsu here, man. Everybody has a school here came through me. Everybody, Limitless, everyone, Robin, no, everybody was my student at some point in time. For me to walk into this tournament and see this new generation purple brown belts like give me like a dirty look or eyeball or eye sizing me up, like you gotta be out of your mind. I was doing jujitsu here, bringing people here when you're like in in, in eighth grade, seventh grade. Coming to jujitsu to jitsu and see where, where a brand new black belt or being a young black belt, like acting all cool and tired with your senseis around. Like I was teaching to your sensei. There's no respect. That kind of that pissed me off, it pissed me off, it takes me. So yeah, every jiu-jitsu tournament, I go in nice shoes comfortable. I always wear shorts. I spend extra under, I take my, I always take my wrist, and I wear my necklace ready to take it off because I know it's gonna piss me off that day. And he brings me meals that I can't eat. Yeah. Are we signing on this prestigious ride? No, we can't. <laughs> because, Why? Because we're oh. Raise Your Diamond. All right, folks, remember Raise Your Diamond, all right? <laughs>